Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 501 of the Drunk Tester Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Dude, I am burnt crispy, dude. Fucking vacation this week. Crispy! All... I've been out in the sun so much over the past, like, couple of days, if not doing yard work. Other than that, doing, like, little bits of, like, uh, like sanding down some bit of wood furniture and stuff, so trying to do some staining and some stuff gonna be doing like a staining thing with like uh, a nightstand another project but uh i'll say i've been pretty freaking good on top of being on vacation doing little side projects and stuff i've had some time to get some gaming stuff all under hand on top of following the craziness that is rumor will there or won't there be a nintendo direct next week it's like <laughs> uh, uh, some people need to go outside and touch the grass anyway twitch pollen <laughs> how have you been doing tyler I'm doing all right, you know, long fucking week, exhausted. Um, it's been a day, Gables, it's Friday night, mm. uh, very tired, I drank a pot of coffee a little bit ago, but it's not, it's helped a little bit, but not as much as I'd hoped. Um, so I had to turn to the good stuff here, Gables, I got my Last of Us Part 2 cup here for, for video listeners here, good old Ellie on the cover there, I'm drinking a Dinky Doodle, that's goddamn right, it's Powerade and Tito's Vodka. So, um, this is number three for me. So hopefully it kicks in. This one's a little stronger though. The other ones, I usually do like a shot and a quarter. I think this one's maybe closer to two shots here. So Mm. I'm feeling a little bit better. This one, I should have just went to the straight for the vodka. Um, I'm doing okay. Otherwise, uh, it's been, like I said, it's been a fucking day. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate Gables doing this with me. I got shit I gotta do tomorrow. So that's why. We're recording this on Friday, so it's going up early for you guys. So, congratulations on that. Lucky you guys. Um, but Gables, yeah, let's, let's talk about some fucking video games. Yeah, let's do that. Let's start off with the on a depressing note. How about that, Gables? Uh, all right. uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three and Four was originally supposed to happen, but the Birdman himself, Tony Hawk, was on a live stream and um, was talking about. So he was asked about Tony Hawk th- Three and Four remake. You know, obviously. We had one and two remake in 2020, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. fantastic. Everybody yeah. loved it. Sold very well. Fastest selling Tony Hawk game ever. Um, reviewed well. Sold well. Everybody was happy. Yeah. Um, but you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta save. We gotta protect Call of Duty. We gotta protect Blizzard. So obviously, we know what happened with uh, Vicarious Visions. They got absorbed uh, into Blizzard, and now they're like Blizzard Albany. I think is what they're called now. Um, and they're they're working on all that fun jazz. So I believe they did the what was it the um the re, the remaster that just came out was it Diablo two remaster? Yes, or something? it was a Diablo two remaster. Yeah, so they're like a support team on that. So that's what, congratulations on making a bunch of great games. Go fix our mess. Um, but anyways, um, I thought was interesting about this was on this live stream. He didn't just mention like you see so many times like celebrities like talk about like video games at times they like talk yes. about shit they shouldn't have or like you can see like oh they kind of understand what's going on you know but like they don't fully understand what's going on like we just seen with like the like what the mortal Kombat um voice actor uh for johnny cage uh just like instagram himself with a selfie doing voiceover for what apparently is the next mortal Kombat game which we all know is happening but yeah. it's just like 
Okay, like you're not supposed to be talking about that. Uh, uh, what's um um, oh God, it rhymes with fetus. Uh, no Maritas. Uh, that's the, that's the only way I can remember his name. Um, like he just started talking. He's like multiple times now. He's just leaked that he's he did it a couple years ago. Talking about oh yeah, we're working on you know I was just working with Kojima and something turned out to be the director's cut for Death Stranding. And he just did it again like a month ago. And now it looks like it's that uh, was it the Overlord over. Overdose. 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 Thank you. Um, yeah, so it sounds like that's actually what it is, but maybe not so much a Death Stranding 2 uh, mm. game, but like, you know, we just see all the time. Like, they just talk about whatever. They like, yeah, they sign NDAs, but they're they're celebrities. Like, who's going to fucking tell them now? Uh, or like, they don't say that, but like, but they don't really fully understand what they're talking about or whatever. Um, but uh, Tony Hawk actually sounded kind of like he knew what was happening. So like, these are direct quotes from him. He said, uh, when it asked about, you know, three and four, he said that was the plan, even up until the release of uh, release date of one and two, uh, we are, we were doing three and four and then vicarious got kind of absorbed and then they were looking for other developers and then it was over. The truth of it, uh, it is Activision. were trying to find somebody to do three and four, but they just didn't trust anybody, uh, trust anyone that the way they did vicarious. So they they took other pitches from other studios like what would you do with the with the Tony Hawk Pro Skater title and they didn't like anything they heard and that then that was it. Ridiculous. Yeah, um, just heartbreaking. It's it's like well yeah we, absolutely it makes it makes it even harder like like we're like we like because there was a oh, another point CKY uh, when the one of the bands that's been a part of uh, the Tony Hawk games since the beginning right. Um, I believe Bamajer is like brothers in the band or something like yep. that. And uh like they mentioned like a year ago, oh yeah, we're gonna they're they're redoing uh they're they're making more or the, I can't remember if he said specifically three and four or the like he said there there's more coming and they're they're like agreed or they're making music for the next game. Another point, they they're just talking about opening, like, Oh yeah, we're doing this. And so that like, oh maybe it is happening. Like even after the vicarious stuff happened. So like maybe that does leaves more credence to so, like, yeah. And then like you got Tony Hawk himself who like He's always talked about like yeah he's been like very much a part of it like you hear about like John Madden back in the day like he was really big on like yeah it's got to be eleven versus eleven like you no know, it's got to be more realistic you know as much you know, as, as, you, as you can be for a PC game at the in the in the early nineties late eighties uh but like you always hear that but it's like you don't know for like like oh yeah he's been very a part of it but it sounds like it's always seemed like Tony Hawk is like taking it very seriously about like, getting the culture of skating and. All that and like yeah, like it seems like this guy really you know if there's any doubt that like he wasn't taking this seriously and really a part of it, I think this kind of like destroys all doubt. Um, but I don't know, yeah, it's just it's we, we've talked about a lot. Gable's like you know like the, just got to keep you know like what what's the toys for Bob? Like they got absorbed to go uh, make, make multiplayer maps for Call of Duty games. Um, you know and that Vicarious Visions got absorbed uh, to fix Blizzard's like Diablo mess. Um, but I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't it, it just, it, uh, in some ways, it hurts even more to like officially know that, like, no, it was happening, which sucks for me because like three is my all-time favorite. Uh, I know a lot of people was like one and two are usually their favorites, but for me, three was the one uh, I had growing up. Uh, I remember just playing the shit up on GameCube and like uh, fucking getting beating every challenge and just uh, the fucking. The music and that, like to this day, Justin and I will like still sing the songs that were like, um, on on that fucking soundtrack. Like we, uh, it's just it's so great. And like four was really good too because they introduced the manual. Um, 
and that was always awesome. They had fucking ACDC in there too. Uh, you know, Thug. I was hoping that like maybe we'd see the return of Thug because uh, behind three, Thug's my favorite. I love that. I actually really like that storyline. Um, it was very for a for a what is a uh, a skating game. I actually had a really fun and good storyline, and that last mission was nuts. I remember like that was one of, like the biggest accomplishments of my life was like at that point like a teenager finally beating that we had to like get all 50 um i can't 50 something uh in one in like one go round it was fucking oh, yeah, wild that's right yeah uh, i remember I, oh, that man. quite vividly too mhm i remember just beating it over and over again I mean, it wasn't very long but it was like it was awesome um and you know i, I really enjoyed one and two uh, i i was like and like they did it cuz like and it was really good and it's like we've learned it's not so easy to do and like they did the the Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD remaster on 360 and PS3 um, way back when. And it was just, it, it was not good. It was bad. It was a bad port. Um, so I'm happy that, you know, we at least, I'm happy we at least got one and two. And it just sucks that like, hey, we proved that like, there's a, there's an audience for this. Uh, these games are like, not only is there an audience for this, but these games are great and people want more of them. Um, it just kind of shows you. It's kind of like, I feel like Activision is where EA was like a decade or 15 years ago where it's like they tried to do like, Oh, we're going to make dead space. We're going to do mirror's edge. They do all these cool like shit. And it's like, yeah, but it's not success. Like they have, they did okay. They did pretty good. Like there's a couple a few million copies, but like, I don't know. We got these other things that will sell 20 million copies. So, you know, like it's kind of like we see like, you know, with like anything nowadays, like movie industry, it's like, it's not really worth making. If it's not going to get a, at least earn a billion dollars or, you know, several hundred million dollars you know where it's like mm-hmm. we're gonna invest instead of making a bunch of movies for 10 20 million dollars and getting maybe a hundred million dollars in the theater we're just gonna invest 200 million dollars in this movie and hopefully we make a billion on it you know it's like and we see that with we, we've seen that a lot with like you know in the with you know and that's like we're, we're seeing a lot of like these companies companies here like we, we talk about like activision like they have like put more and more energy into Call of Duty and you know and Blizzard and both of those things are are starting to struggle at the same time, and now they got sold and obviously all the other shit on top of that with with Bobby Kotick and everything, uh, but it was look, focusing on the the game side of things where, uh, yeah, I mean, they're making less games and their games are coming out to, the quality is lessened, uh, you know, so they like people are leaving and so they have to, like take other shit to make to keep these things afloat and now we're hearing you know twenty twenty three no Call of Duty. Uh, you look at, you know, and then we see like kind of Activision, like kind of our uh, EA kind of turn the shit around. It's like, cool, we're doing Dead Space again. You know, it's like, you know, here's uh, here's uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. Like, I didn't love the game, but I, I'm more than welcome for a sequel of that. Uh, you know, and you know, we, we've seen we're seeing Ubisoft struggle the same way. We're like, they've put out a few stinkers and they had totally had to redo and rethink their what they're doing um, and you know, possibly sell or merge or something. So I don't know. It's just, I, was, I don't know why I got on that tangent, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just a bummer, Cables. It hurts more knowing that like this was supposed to happen and then it just didn't. Yeah, it definitely is a heartbreaker that 3 plus 4 remake did not happen in general. At the same time, when it comes to Activision Blizzard, their main core, their main core, their main concept of what they want to do is trying to do what any other AAA gaming company wants to do, and that is to earn as much profit as possible. 
even though I don't like a lot of the business decisions they do make, especially with the whole absorption of Toys for Bob in regards to yeah. helping subsidiary studios and try to help fix other things, because a lot of the people that were instrumental of creating that remake, as well as the revitalization of the Crash Bandicoot franchise, went to go help with constructing the Diablo 2 remake, even though that did have its hiccups come launch. I heard there have been some patches in that regards, but uh, they mostly focus on distributing the talents from there to other studios, including things like Diablo 2 remaster and stuff. But at the same point and stuff, you have something that gamers loved to play, and it was successful, and it definitely was a fantastic way that they handled it with the 1 and 2 remaster to where even like people like you and I and stuff that played these games back in the day, they we had a chance to not only relive the nostalgia of those first two games, but get that same feeling as we did when we went through and completed certain tasks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I made it a point I made it a point and priority back in 2020 when I got that game. I masked I freaking completed everything inside of uh Tony Hawk one and two again, like I did back when I was a teenager, because those games were incredibly fun the levels were creative everything else was honestly remastered pretty damn good of course Mm -hmm. a lot of the licensed tracks couldn't make it back i mean most of them did an exception for like a few but there was new music from new artists that were put inside there which are actually kind of catchy and still fit and still like fit with the whole skater culture in that regard so i wasn't too disappointed with that stuff what is disappointing and stuff is when Activision Blizzard goes and they bring out something like that and then all of a sudden dismantle another studio in regards to being absorbed to go towards properties and stuff that either they think is a sure guarantee thing or is something completely off the mark. Like, for example, their their recent their recent launch of like the game Diablo Immortal, where a lot yeah. of that stuff, even though the core concept of the game, you can still go forth and do things inside that game. The monetization inside that, the loot boxes inside that is so egregious that if you actually go onto specific videos on YouTube, I think Young Yeah, the guy, the YouTuber, pretty predominant in terms of like uh, talking about gaming topics, he has a video to where he goes onto this one, this one website that's correlated into like uh, take just basically the whole crux of it is like how much money do you have to spend in order to get like a five star like crystal or some sort of like item or something like that that's supposed to be like the top tier thing the top tier thing how much money it would take to actually get your first one and uh this is he didn't use actual money for this obviously because that is incredibly bullshit i would not want to try to even remotely try to do this stuff but uh, this website goes and it generates like a whole like random results of okay how much exactly do you get based upon how many items are in this how much this and that and if I remember correctly, it took him close to in game about close to about thirteen hundred dollars or something like that. Well, somebody somebody spent twenty five thousand dollars yes. on loot boxes and did not get the the like the the like the big thing. I can't I can't remember what it's called, but I was yes, it was incredible. Reading stu- about it, I actually yeah. did go forth and hear about it from multiple different people, and it's mostly videos I watched from both Young Yeah and like Osma Gold and stuff in regards to. This one dude, who is also a YouTuber, decided to spend that much money in order to see how, like, how long it would take for him to get a five star thing, and end up spending twenty five thousand dollars. Well, no, I, he just never got it. He, he never like, got it. 
right? Yeah. But at the same point, it tells you point blank, listeners, is like, if you have a video game that's so egregious that has loot boxes of that sort to where you know for a fact that if you put money into this stuff and it's that low of a turnout for something like that, don't fucking play this game. I mean, for God's yeah. sake, don't even attempt to go forth and support shit like that because it's these type of games are created and skewed and try to advertise for some of them for younger gamers or for gamers that are more susceptible to be a cash cow like whale in regards to some of this aspect to where they are willing to spend that much stuff. But what I'm mostly saying is these type of games that are structured like that, you know, they're not really for anybody except for the simple minded and the people that are most successful, the most like susceptible to this type of manipulation stuff. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I mean, like, go ahead. Sorry, 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 sorry. But, uh, to wrap things up in that regard, how this ties back to the whole Tony Hawk 3 plus 4 remastered cancellation stuff. If Activision Blizzard spent more time in regards to focusing less on scamming gamers in regards to their money in regards to that type of shit, and more so upon actually having like subsidiaries or companies go forth and work on projects and be successful stuff like the crash bandicoot series, like with toys or Bob, like one and two remake, then this would be almost like a different type of thing. We would be talking about because Mm -hmm. that type of healthy publisher developer sort of thing and stuff that is required in order to make, in order to have successful games. But even with this story and stuff, it's just another chapter in Activision Blizzard to where, oh, hey, these are like highlights of things you could have done, but at the same time, you went with the terrible option that was to dismantle and can essentially stick with what you think is going to be your biggest cash cow and then have that blow up in your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, you know, like, I like I understand you, like, you want the big things. I understand that Call of Duty is the most important thing. I, I, we totally understand it. Like, that is the biggest franchise in gaming. It is. Yes. It's the number one selling game. The day it comes out, it becomes the highest selling game of the year every yes. year. And the, and the game from last year is usually one of the, one of the top five selling games from the previous year. A lot of times, two or three. Um, so, like, I understand why it's important. People and people, there's a demand for it. So it's not just you're just, you know, you're yeah, you're throwing these out there, but people want them and they're paying for them. So it's hard to like complain you can't really complain about it from a consumer standpoint or a business standpoint on that um so understand but it's like now you like i said like they're releasing less and less games all the activision side all they do is release call of duty and now you're at a point where you can't release you're like no we're pretty much at a point now where they're they're probably not gonna be able to release call of duty next year um but like it's nice to have these things like it's nice to have like a repertoire of game libraries and that's why something like ea you look at them where it's like yeah, okay, like, okay, fuck, well, Battlefield 2042 isn't working out, where it's like, and also you're, you're feeding a lot of consumers here, where it's like, yeah, you still got the sports side uh, for them, but, like, it's nice, like, you know, like, to have, like, you can't always have these big-time AAA games to, like, you know, these games that are live service games or big, huge, you know, $200 million budget games. Um, you can't have those all the time, and, like, you, you have a Battlefield 2042, and you're fucked. You have a Ubisoft's that, what was the Tom Clancy game that came out Breakpoint uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That like, and that immediately came out and it just, no one cared. Uh, you can't just say, Oh, we're going to rainbow six siege this fucker. Cause like everybody uses those. Like the problem is like 
Everybody uses those examples. Well, No Man's Sky did it. Rainbow Six Siege. And like I've done it too, where it's like, maybe they can do it. But the problem is, is like you do it once. You can't just say, well, like, well, that game did it. So it's, po- I mean, yeah, it's possible, but, but how many games will come terrible. out? Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, like it's, you can't it's, just yeah. like, we're going to put this game out bad and we'll fix it later. And it'll be like, not bad, but like, it's not, it's not where we want it to be. We're going to put it out for how it is now. And then we're going to, we're going to totally go from there and fix it later. It's like, yeah, for like every one Final Fantasy 14, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, Fortnite, whatever, for every one of those, there's about a hundred that didn't do it. So you can't just look at the one that did, like you can look and take examples from what those guys did, but you can't, that's the, the yeah, that's the standard, but it's like, it doesn't mean it's going to work. Like Battlefield 2042 has come out uh, and that didn't work. No one gave a fuck about, like, I shouldn't say nobody, like, the game sold really, really well. Uh, but, yeah, that game came out. It's pretty much dead. They're basically just doing what they're obligated to do based off of people have spent the $100 on the premium edition. They're going to do the bare minimum of that, put that out, and they're going to move on to the next game. Uh, so, like, when you have a stinker or you have, like, a Vanguard, like Call of Duty, like the Activision had last year and currently, um, it's nice to have these other games that kind of pick up slack. And also, people are are, are more bigger fan when they see Activision, like more casual people. And maybe they don't even know that call of duty is made by Activision or just whatever. It's like, Oh, I like, I know Activision games. I like this game. So it, it brings more people to it. Um, so, yeah, and just like when it's like you show people, it's like, you always hear the, what's it? <coughs> oh boy. Choke my spit. Oh God. Dying games. Um, <laughs> but you know, when it's like, you always see like the meme of like, Oh, the, 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 the best part about my job is when I do really good, I get more work and it's like, fuck Activision just proven that We're like, Oh, we did a really good job. We made, we made, we brought back crash or we, we brought back Spyro. We brought back Tony Hawk. Cool. Uh, can you, you gotta go fix these guys problem now. Uh, and it's like, it's just like from a, a employee side looking at it. It's like, if that kept happening to me, I'm like, I mean, it happens at a lot of jobs. I know that, but like if, you see that from like this is way more public than like you know our a lot of our you know Joe Schmo jobs you know at this point it's like we're not in the entertainment business at all where it's like you see that and like you're like looking for a job in that business it's like well I don't want to fucking go there because like if I go to a company that's really good at it that they're gonna you know, when I'm a they're gonna you know, I'm a big fish in this I'm a, I'm a big fish in a small pond cool now I'm gonna become a small fish in that gigantic ocean over there and be stuck in the ocean. A fucking Call of Duty, so I don't know. We got to move on. We spent like way too fucking long, uh, bitching about Activision, but uh, it's just hard not to do. It's not hard, and we didn't even talk. We just talked about the fucking gaming side. We didn't even get to the other shit, yeah. uh, which we're not gonna talk about here because that, that's a whole another fucking hour. Uh, but let's move on, Gable. We're gonna stick with with Blizzard now. Uh, we're, we're gonna talk about Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch One is dead. Um, so uh, announced an an AMA this week on Reddit. Uh, they said that people, someone asked about what's going to happen with Overwatch One when Overwatch Two comes out in early access on October fourth. Uh, so the you know the PVE is coming next year, but like basically like the multiplayer, the PVP stuff is coming out in uh, on October fourth. Like I said, it's free to play. Uh, and that was announced at the Xbox Showcase uh, a couple weeks ago. But the, a couple things they did announce so in this is that uh, the seasons will be nine weeks. Typically, they're like uh, like the battle passes and all that are right. twelve weeks, um, which is pretty incredible or insane, maybe rather. Um, there'll be new characters in season one and two, and it'll be a new map in season two. But I believe they said that every they're gonna swap every every season. Where I think one season you get a new map, the other season you get a new character. 
So that's kind of the plan. Who knows how long that's going to last for, but that's kind of the idea. Um, but one of the big things that they announced is that, uh, oh, another thing in this is like, so in Overwatch 1, uh, it was 6v6. So they announced this a couple years ago, but uh, the game Overwatch 2 will be 5v5. Um, but what they did announce was that, so the idea was like originally when they, when they talked about this game was like, one and two would work like side by side. And like, if you bought Overwatch, if you bought Overwatch 2, all the stuff, like you basically, all your stuff from Overwatch 1 will just come over to Overwatch mm-hmm. 2. Like, and that's still the case. All your stuff carries over. I don't know if that's like, like love, like I'm Susan, all like all your, your gear and all that will, will come over, which is nice. Um, but they said, and like they basically said that both ecosystems would survive. But now they're saying that um, when Overwatch 2 comes out on October 4th, that um, if you say you pop in that disc for Overwatch 1 or you boot up Overwatch 1, like if you own it digitally or whatever, um, that you will be prompted to update the game to Overwatch 2. So it's kind of like, basically it's like Overwatch 2 was the new thing. It's a new platform. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like, almost in like, I, I kind of look at this like the same way we look at Destiny 2. Um, where it's just like, we're kind of like, okay, we're kind of undoing a little bit of like Destiny 1. Destiny 2 is now like the new thing. Uh, and we're just going to like, like, yeah, your stuff's going to carry over or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But now Overwatch 2 is just now it's Overwatch. Like Overwatch 1 is dead, basically. Um, like the maps will carry over. They're redoing the maps to work better with, with 5v5. Uh, like I so said, all your gear, all your stuff, all your content will be carrying over from 1 to 2. So you're not really losing anything except for like if you want those old maps if you want those like the old maps the way they were, um, if you want to do six v six, well, too damn bad, basically. So basically, if I own a copy of Overwatch for the PS4, which I do, mm-hmm. and this comes out, if I put in my disc, I'm gonna get a prompt that says, "Hey, we're gonna go for them download an update," and they just update it to Overwatch Two. Is that correct? Yes. So that means anything that was inside that game for a 6v6 perspective is going to be changed, altered, as well as the maps. So it's going to be not the original Overwatch. It's going to be something no. completely different. Imagine putting in your Destiny disc, and it just updates to Destiny 2. Jesus Christ, dude. That's but like so the old maps con- are there. That's so much content that's lost from that. I don't know if well, I like that, dude. I mean, it's so- I feel bad for a lot of the people because it, like, it does suck where it's like, like I look at it like it's a little different because it's like yearly, but like Call of Duty came out. It's like you put in like Vanguard, and then Modern Warfare Two comes out. It's way I guess that's not a good analogy either because like they're told two totally different games. Uh, that's a bad analogy. Take that away. But I don't know. Like I I understand like being upset about it. Like especially because like I was listening I was, I was listening to podcasts people talking about it. Like I played a lot of Overwatch with my with with like in the talk ship like that when that came out. Like we go to that and play it all the time and I really liked it and had a lot of fun with them. But it's like right. Um, you know, I had a good time with them, but I was like, nothing that was like seriously, but, um, I could see, like, I, I was listening to like, a podcast and like, listen, kind of like, I was like, kind of understand like the, the rational side, like the angry, Ooh, you know, yells at cloud people. Uh, but, um, I thought it was very interesting where like a lot of people were upset about that because like there are people there just like, they have like an overwatch group of like six people. Yeah. So I was like, that sucks. I feel bad for them. Uh, you also have the esports side where like, they're basically just cutting a person from each team. I, I understand, like when they talked, they announced this a while back. Um, that part of it, which it, it kind of made sense, and like even like some people like talked about, like, like yeah, it sucks for that person. Um, but it's like the person that gets cut, but it, it, it makes sense game wise because like basically instead of having two tank people, 
you just have one tank person because uh like i guess like the no one ever wants to do the tank so whatever um i know what's i don't know about this though it's like also the preservation of the original overwatch in that's regards that's to, what uh, that's, that's the a good major that, that's portion a, of what i have the beef with here and that's what a lot of people were talking about too is the preservation side of like yeah basically like like but that's the downside of like live games is like there's a ton of like live games that are just gone now. Like yeah, that's uh, true. Like I have a copy of fucking Battleborn uh, on disc. I can't. I literally can't play the game. You know, it's like you know, like there a lot of games eventually like those servers will go offline and like like I understand like preservation preservation uh, and yeah like that's a bummer. But it's like the live the online only games like this is something that we've so we talked about for years now like this is going to be a part of it. Like the, those games will eventually go offline and yeah, there'll be a PC. People on PC will keep those servers open. Like you can go play fucking a lot of old games 20 years ago online with people if you wanted to. True. Uh, but like, but for those of us that are on console and stuff and we don't have access to do that type of stuff, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> preservation is a whole fucking issue of like, yeah, yes, like on yes. console, you're basically fucked a, a million ways. Look at Nintendo, look at the PlayStation, look at like, look at Xbox. There's a lot of, OG DRM Xbox games you can't bullshit. play. Yeah. Yeah. Like fucking the Simpsons arcade game that came out that got released on 360. You can't download that now. Uh, we, we talked about Crisis Core. It's been stuck yep. on PSP for 15 years now because it never got released digitally. Mm. Uh, like I mean, there's a ton of games like that. Like it's, I'm like, I'm not def- defending and saying, I'm, I don't know. My point is, like, I, I don't, like, this is hard because, like, I'm not an Overwatch. Like, I, I enjoyed Overwatch with, like, my friends, but it's not like a, it's not like I'm not an Overwatch like guy. Like I'm looking forward to this game coming out. Like if we can get a gamer night, I'm I'll I'll, I'll be down. Oh, yeah, these games are a ton, I mean, these I games mean, are a ton of fun to play with friends. But it's like they yeah, can like, be pretty fun. Yes, yeah, I mean like no, yeah, there's, there's I, no it's hard. It's just that. yeah, like I, I I understand the preservation side, but it's like I don't know. It's preservation is so fucked up. So it's like I'm not gonna get upset about this one game when there's like a million games that are. It's just one of a million that are. uh be lost forever like we're looking at the like the 3ds and, and Wii store are going down here soon and there's gonna be a ton of games that'll be lost forever on that fucking thing and this is part of the reason why people go forth and pirate certain games yeah no I, i'm all for it yeah pirate if you like if you if they legally if you legally can't buy it if there's no way for you to access the thing legally then fuck a pirate i have i'm not gonna bitch i'm not gonna like whatever pirate pirate fuck games fuck them they're not gonna sell it they can't you can't buy it from them there's a way you can play the game, but you can't physically pay them money for it. Fuck them. Buy it. It's pirate. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because, like, you know, we're not like Overwatch hardcore Overwatch fans, so I understand like that side of it. Like, yeah, that's a bu- that's a big bummer because it's like, yeah, I have a lot of like, I don't know. Like, I love playing Call of Duty Black Ops way back when, and like, if I just couldn't play that game anymore for like w- back then, like, Model for Three came out, and it's like, all right, cool. Well, uh, we're turning off black ops now uh or like hey now it's now it's modern warfare like well fuck it's like i don't know that that would suck but like hey the maps are still here but it's like oh, but I, don't know. I like i don't know i like all the air shit about Modern or black ops better than modern warfare. i don't know um I, I i understand the i understand being upset about it but i'm not gonna like i don't know it's like i said it's hard to talk about because it's like we are not the audience for that game, but I like I totally understand everybody's complaints. I have there's no oh, arguments I against the it. Fan anger about that. I mean, hundred yeah. percent. Mm. That's bullshit. Mm. But I think the biggest thing is like honestly, like 
I think the hardest part would be like if you just lost all the loot boxes and uh, all that money you paid oh. into it, all the gear, all your all your currency. Okay, that, if that went away. Different right there. If that went away and they lost that type of attire and not able to carry that yeah. over, people be fucking pissing their sheets. Yeah, that would be an issue. <laughs> yes, then like and then like riot, be pissed, bitch at them and make until they change it. But that's not gonna be the case. So. Gables, let's, let's stick with live service games, though, for a 1000 How about that? All right. Uh, let's well, talk about Sega. Gables, do you like hyenas? Sure. Cool. How would you like to play a, a Sega game where, um, well, there's no hyenas, uh, but the game is called Hyenas. I don't know why. Uh, so, uh, did you did you see, like, the, the all the hubbub online about this when they released the sound clip? And oh, everybody thought I was an oh, Echo yeah. the Dolphin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People were, like, freaking out Echo the Dolphin's going back. People were thinking that this clip, this little blurb or something like that, the way that it was... The way it was done and stuff, people thought, like, hardcore Sega fans, oh, is this Echo the Dolphin? Right? Like, can you blame them? Did you <laughs> no. hear the sound clip, Gables? Yes, I heard the last sound Oh, clip. my God. How would you... Like, who the fuck thought that PR was, like... I, okay, I understand PR doing it, but like when Sega heard it, it's like no one's like, um, we make a game called Echo the Dolphin. Are we used to like 25 years ago? And that sounds awfully a lot like a dolphin. And it's like, how would any like this isn't like a new IP or this is a new IP? Like no one's gonna like guess that. Oh, this is that's a hyena. Like no one's gonna guess that. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Uh, but anyways, um. They announced a game called Hyenas. I'm guessing this is like the first of their big like super games, as Sega's been calling it. Like there's been the leaks of like they're doing like the Crazy Taxi live service game, and there's another one. Um, is it Jet Set Radio? I want to say I can't remember the other game, but they're in the business of wanting to do like uh, super games, like live service games. They they want that Fortnite money basically, uh, and this looks like maybe the first one of them. Uh, so basically, this is a um, each game will have it's a live service game. I'm I don't know if it's free to play. I don't, they haven't said anything about that, but uh, they said each uh, match will host 15 players split up into five teams of three, uh, and those teams compete to steal treasure from a. They're in a so basically they're in a spaceship, uh, and you have to um, steal as much treasure as possible and escape uh, with the biggest pile of loot. Um, there will also be AI enemies in the game to t- try to stop people from stealing. Um, it's like I said, it takes place on a ship, and some areas will have zero. G gravity. There's no gameplay. Uh, it was like a, a 90 second like CG trailer. Um, it's got a lot of style to it. A lot of style. It's very stylized. Um, it sounds like when I was reading about that, I'm like, didn't that game just like this come out? And Gables, yes, it did. Yeah. There was a there was like a Robin Hood like game called Hunt Showdown. Mm-hmm. I believe is what's called. It came out uh, just last year. Yeah. Uh, that was exactly like this, exactly type type like thing. Uh, it was like a, like Robin Hood with bow and arrows, and it came out and nobody cared. And then it, it came the it came the PS Plus shortly after, I think like a few months later, and still nobody cared. Uh, to so be perfectly honest with you, whenever I see that game inside my library, I always think at the back of my head, it's like, oh yeah, I did download that game, didn't I? Yeah, I mean, it even came out for like forty bucks. It wasn't even a full price game, but it's like that game came out and it just wasn't. I mean, the problem also wasn't. It's just like everybody was saying, like, yeah, it's fine. It's like a seven out of ten. The problem is like games like that can't be a seven out of ten. Um, so I don't know, if this comes out free to play and it's got Sega push behind it, maybe like Hunt Showdown was just like a small team. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think I think it had like a bigger publisher behind it, but it wasn't like it's not a top tier publisher. 
so you don't have a big huge budget behind it to push it I, I, it was at a couple playstation events uh so that had it going forward i guess but i don't know it's just another goddamn life source game yeah yeah pretty much i mean it sounds boring and generic it mm-hmm. doesn't really sound too much motivation was put behind it it's like it's like one or two things away from it just before it just is a completely like irrelevant thing. All I'm just waiting on the thing where it just says, "Oh yeah, here you can earn your own NFT by doing this or doing that." You know, I don't like... well, Sega. I don't think Sega is like <laughs> they're not in the NFT T land yet. I don't think, but yeah, I, I think you're right, Gables. It's one or two things away from being completely forgotten. I think that one or two thing is just launching, and then it'll be completely forgotten. Yeah, uh, it's probably what's going to be like. It'll probably get some buzz when it first comes out. People will talk about it. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's good. Like, hey, it comes out and like. Definitely, there's uh, these games that like, who would have thought Fortnite when that when they announced Battle Royale? Like, okay, and then uh, it's you know it's fucking Fortnite, um, you know like th- that can happen. It's on. It's yeah. probably not gonna happen. But not maybe not for like no no one will be Fortnite, but like it, it could have buzz for a few weeks, a month or two, um, but then I don't know. Like, but it's extremely rare to catch lightning in a bottle like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like like yeah. They're, they're, it's very rare, but uh it's just it's the thing we we're talking about where it's like everybody they see the thing like it's everything in the world is like business wise or whatever in, in competition wise it's copycat like we always talk about nfl it's a copycat league one thing works the next year everybody's doing it um yep. wildcat works for one year every, all of a sudden everybody's got wildcat and they're fucking the rpo the the eagles win the super bowl because they do the rpo now everybody's doing the fucking rpo yep. uh and then and then real quickly everybody stopped doing the rpo everybody stopped doing the wildcat um so yeah i mean it's everything like business-wise there something takes you know god of war becomes a big huge fucking thing all of a sudden there's a million god of war clones grand theft auto blows the fuck up grand theft auto 3 blows up and all of a sudden every goddamn game is a map game every game is an open world game every game is a fucking live service game that's that's what happens. If we we're seeing PlayStation, they're making like ten live service games, um, and how many of them fucking succeed? Not a lot. Even in the, even the big AAA ones, very rare. I, I bet it's probably less than like maybe six. I guess putting a, what is succeeding to them, I don't know. But like, because there's so many, there's uh, there's tons of games out there that we don't know anything about that just are like they came out and we don't think about. And it's like those games are still super popular and doing really really well. It's like No Man's Sky is still putting out fucking updates and doing really, really well. They're putting a, it's coming out the Switch later this year. Yeah, um, October. Yeah, like that game's been out for like six years and it's still doing really, really well. Uh, so like, it's hard to say what succeeding is, but like, I don't know. I mean, it's just I don't. It's Sega doing something they've never done before, so maybe it works out. But it's just it just feels like we're we're just gonna take what somebody else is doing, like. Look at all the Ubisoft fucking live service games they put out. Like, there's, they put out that one a couple years ago on PC that was like a battle royale game that they've already turned the servers off for. Yep. They already they announced the one that looks like, um, fucking um, Tom Clancy. What the fuck is that game called? That Tom Clancy one, but it looks like it's very colorful, like pink and like they got like, looks like if Splatoon and Tom Clancy fucked. No. Um, God, what's that game called? It's not out yet. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I can't um, remember the name of it, honestly. Yeah, I, they announced like a year and a half ago, and we haven't seen it, anything else about it since then. But it's like, they, I don't know. Uh, these games come out, and they fucking die, and I don't have any faith that th- I have, like, no hope that, that this thing's going to actually work out. Gables, let's talk about some good news, though. Uh, let's talk about motherfucking the snitch. 
okay. my favorite Twitter follower, uh, follow. Um, so Snitch is the guy. He's been leaking everything. He's been he's been batting a thousand. Uh, he leaked the state of play, all the state of play news hours before the state of play. That was yep. earlier this month. He leaked everything that he leaked a bunch of shit that was gonna be at the Xbox event that happened. The Persona, yep. uh, Silk Song. Um, was, there's a couple other things he leaked too. Oh, uh, Crisis Core being at um, the Capcom event. Uh, he he then also he in binary he did a he did a God of War gift, uh, gift gift gift, um, with in binary one 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 zero. At first I freaked out because I thought he was saying, when because I, I was like kind of half paying attention. I thought he was giving us a date. I thought it was saying November 11th. Um, but actually in binary. It's it um it basically means uh June thirtieth essentially is what it's saying. So um there's been a lot of there's been some rumors. Tom Henderson, Jeff Grubb, and a couple of people have mentioned that there's supposed to be a state of play at the end of the month for uh for God of War, and they'll they'll be the last week of the month, which next week is the last week mm-hmm. of the month. Um, our Nintendo PlayStation always does their showcases their state of plays on a Thursday. Look it up. I don't want to say every single one, but for the last couple of years now, every single one of their state of plays or showcases has been on a Thursday. Um, so even the last state of play was on a Thursday. Uh, so that makes sense. If kind of wish it was on a Wednesday, cause I'd be home to watch it. Um, but cables were so fucking close. Yeah, there's been a lot, there's been some rumors. Corey Barlog, like it's been like pretty obvious because Corey Barlog, the last the, he's the, he directed the, uh, the I believe God of War two, and he's also one of the lead writers on God of War one, the original OG yes. God of War games. Um, he was one of the lead people on the, the original trilogy. He was the director of God of War twenty eighteen. Uh, he is not the director of this one. I don't know what his role is in this one. I don't think he's ever officially said, but he's still kind of the face of God of War uh, on the you know the business side of things and. When he does interviews and stuff, has some influence on it. Yes, and he's. It sounds like he basically kind of wrote the story, for like not wrote the story, but he's been like the lead person on what the story is gonna be. Um, but he's been like tweeting a lot the last few weeks. He's not a big. He took a big break from Twitter uh, for a long time, and the last few weeks he's been tweeting stuff of him like holding up a DualShock controller, talking about he's he's got he's like ah, I just bought a Steam Deck, but. Uh, I have this to play, and he's like, he's holding a uh, a dual sense controller, and it's like, okay, obviously he's talking about God of War. He's been posting gifts of like God of War gifts. He's been posting binary things that are like they're like kind of like teasing some shit here. He's been like he's basically it's it's just been memes and and gifts of like God of War. He's been teasing it. It's been getting every now it went from like every few like every once a week to every few days to like now it's daily. He's, He's posting. He's fucking with me, Gables, and I don't like it. I think it's a personal attack on me. Is what he's doing, and nobody else. It's just for me. It's a fucking asshole. Um, he's like, what's that fucking Tyler in goddamn Iowa? This piece of shit right here. I'm gonna fuck with this guy. I'm gonna fuck with his day. Um, I'm not gonna let him forget about this goddamn game that I made four years ago. Fucking asshole. Love you very much, Corey. Um, but uh, yeah. So the snitch just posted a a, a gif. Like I said, God, I believe Thursday. Um, it just said one 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 zero, uh, but it, like in binary, it, it like I said, meant June thirtieth. I'm a, I believe it. Like that's like I said, Thursdays is PlayStation Day for these events. Uh, oh man, and there's been some rumors that it's possibly November eleventh, which I love that. And it's very funny because that was like the as soon as Starfield 
uh, got delayed. The like the first jokes people were making was God of War should just take that date, and that'd be fucking. And the and the rumor is November for the date for that game. It'd be very funny if they just took the Starfield date. I don't know. Anything about Alan Gables? It is what it is. I'll be perfectly honest with you. If it comes out that there's a God of War State of Direct for the 30th, it wouldn't surprise me. The snitch on on Twitter has been pretty accurate in regards to his predictions, so he hasn't really hasn't been wrong yet. No. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this coming Thursday. God, just, I can't wait. I wish I can, like, fast forward to Thursday. We got, sounds like the the direct for Nintendo sounds more and more likely. And then uh, Gables heard me trying to do math in my exhausted state for time zones, and it was not going great. But it sounds like there's going to be a direct on Tuesday. Um, and then we're going to have this fucking thing on Thursday. What a goddamn week. Get video Absolutely. games are cool, Gables. Video games are fucking cool. Yeah, but Gables, let's move on. Two, one of my favorite things to talk about every month. Motherfucking MPDs. Hey, uh, hey. We're talking about May MPDs here. Um, so kind of, a, kind of a weird one here. Starting off at number 20. Game that hasn't been on the MPDs since November of 2017. Yeah. But it's been on everything. It's on everything. Mm-hmm. It literally just got released last year for the next-gen consoles. Yep. Current-gen consoles. Whatever these consoles are called. Skyrim, number 20. <laughs> uh, it sounds like people are talking about... It sounds like it jumped back up because... Uh, last month Starfield got delayed, so probably just everybody's like, "Well, let's go play, let's go buy Skyrim." Uh, which I don't know, like people like, do you just buy it on more things? I don't understand it. Would you buy the Alexa version? It's like how many times can you buy this one game? I mean, for God's sake, I don't know, Gables. It's funny. It's like I talked about this last year when they announced that they were like doing the 10 year anniversary when they re released it on next gen consoles, and like everybody's like, "Fuck off!" I bought this thing like six times already. Like even like I'm like man, even the hardcore people are just like, no, I'm not buying it again. I think it's hilarious and stuff. It's like you have companies like Bethesda that do stuff like that. Rockstar does that with GTA Five and stuff. However, there are some people that don't give a qualm to spending over and over on the same copy of a Mario game years and years and years. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's really stupid. Like yeah, like people like how many console, how many different consoles have you bought Super Mario Brothers on? Yeah, like. <laughs> The original oh one, gosh. Super Nintendo. They've been re-released on 64. They've been re-released somehow on GameCube. They've been, it's we we bought them on DS. We bought them on, we bought them on Wii U, and then we had to buy them again on 3DS. It's like yeah, like we bought every fucking console. So, um, but what's really weird about this one in regards to it, it's like this is Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim, cracking the MPDs. It had, like you said, it had to be something in regards to Starfield related. Yeah, because that's is, the only thing that makes this, sense. This is something that just doesn't just happen, like, just miraculously. Hey, Skyrim, you know, it's back in the top 20 the first time in, like, about since 2017, oh, nearly, so about five nearly years. Nearly five years. Yeah, four <laughs> and a half, five years, yeah. Um, so, fucking weird. Uh, number 19, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the 2019 version. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> number 18, uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Okay. Uh, 17, Mario Party Superstars. Is that the new one? Yeah, Mario Party Superstars. I, That's the one with the N64 minigames. Okay. I can never remember the difference. Super Mario Party is the other one. Okay. Um, number 16, FIFA 22. Number 15, Black Ops Cold War. Okay. Uh, that's, 20, that's 2020. Okay. Uh, 14, Smash Bros. Ultimate. 
13 yeah. is Animal Crossing, 12 uh, Horizon uh, Forbidden West, 11 Minecraft. <laughs> it's pretty funny. All right, so 8 through 11, the games that are in those spots were in those exact same spots the previous month. Uh, wow. So like I said, number 11, Minecraft. Number 10, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Number 9, Grand Chismo 7. Number 8, Mario Kart 8. Always faithful. Mario Kart 8, always in eight spot that's that's like that's that's the bar right there if you get above mario kart eight you're gonna be you, you'll you've you had a pretty good month it's pretty much seven. gta 5 of this yeah <laughs> this yeah shit. it's the next gta 5 with this shit pretty much yeah if you got above gta 5 you probably had a pretty good month uh number seven call of duty vanguard number six curbing the front land uh number five uh it'll be the show number four the only brand new game from May. May was a pretty light month. I don't really think anything came out of no, at least uh, physically. Uh, Evil Dead the game. So, hmm. okay. Pretty good. That's a $40 game. So, I mean, full price game. Hmm. Like, uh, the game looks pretty good. Uh, it's one of those games you got. Like, it's like the 4v1 Dead by Daylight, Friday 13 type game. Um, but it's definitely one of the games you got to play with friends. Uh, so, number, that landed at the four spot. Um, number three, Nintendo Switch Sports. Um, and that kind of makes sense. Game came out April 29th. Yeah. So basically came out with like two days left or three days left on the uh, uh, April MPDs. So uh, it actually was number five, though, that month and then jumped up to number three. So first full month on there. So I think we'll get an idea what the tale of that game is. Because it feels like um, about a week or two later that no one's ever talking about the game. It's kind of the same thing with the Mario Strikers game. The game came out two weeks ago and no one's talking about it. So um, <laughs> that's surprising. Number two, uh, Lego uh, Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, and number one, taking taking that spot back after being bumped down for a month because of Lego Star Wars: Elden Ring. Hmm. All right, so there's just like two games that actually three. Now I think about it, one Kirby and the Forgotten Lands still strong up there in the top ten. Number six to May and stuff that yep. just tells you how much of a good game that. Kirby game is because it's still consistently inside that top 10 that whole Lego Star Wars stuff I mean hell that's been one of the the best stories this year in regards to like uh, a surprise out of nowhere type of uh, yeah success story because Lego Star Wars you know they've had some good games in that series that franchise since like the GameCube PS2 Xbox era but the whole collaboration stuff more people want to play that set of games and stuff. I think a lot of them just waited for this collection to come out because I know that uh, that uh, there have been subsequent little packages and stuff of specific Lego games, like the superhero games and this and that and stuff that have come out like the past couple of years that people have like uh, you know ate up hook, line, and sinker and stuff. But uh, what's the other than those two and stuff? The last one I was thinking of. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to rethink now. I mean. I just heard the top 20 here from you, and all of a sudden there's like one game that I was going to talk about. Switch Sports? No, it's not Switch Sports, no. Evil Dead? Evil Dead, yes, of course. Evil Dead, that one is a huge surprise for me, being inside the top Mm -hmm. 10. I mean, it's a huge surprise for me because this is from the same makers as uh, Friday the 13th. It's Uh, No, it's not them. Is it? No, it's not. Okay, so it's an entirely different developer, correct? Yes. Okay. I can't remember. I think they're making they're making the Ghostbuster game. The Friday Thirteen people are. Okay. 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 So for this game and stuff, it looks really interesting. It definitely does seem like it's remained kind of like faithful for its source material. 
I mean, I've only seen little bits of highlights here and there. I haven't heard too much talk about it online, especially not from uh, either YouTube or wherever and stuff. But uh, it looks pretty fun. But also it tells me that uh, the month of May, there were some light releases in that regards. Yeah. Because if it's just Evil Dead, you know, and like uh, the Switch Sports and stuff like that, then yeah, it makes a lot of sense why people just want to double down and trying to get in whatever the type of stuff they wanted to buy. <laughs> like yeah. buy that was already established out this but uh, um, yes uh, yes yeah yeah sorry to cut you off there but yeah it's just like I mean we got three I mean Modern Warfare jumped back in the top 20 um, so I mean that's we have three Call of Duty games in the top 20 here that's top right. 19 um, yeah I mean it's just it was, yeah like I said it's a pretty light month um, it's, yeah it's the one the one I don't even want to say big game but one Notable release that came out in May, because um, like I, I had the free, I had that free month of GameFly. Mm-hmm. So oh, cool! I'm gonna um, add some games. I was looking, I'm like, all right, what's coming out? I'm like, well, this is a bad month to get a free month of GameFly. <laughs> like, there's nothing coming out. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. I'm playing Sifu like, and Lego Star Wars, and that's it. Uh, like fucking August or some shit. Yeah, right. I was like, fuck. Well, I had to use it. I had, like the like my my coupon thing was only good until like mid May. So oh shit. I had, oh. I had to wait. So, but I mean, whatever. Uh, but yeah, like, God, why couldn't you offer me this in like October? Um, mm. yeah, like I said, like, yeah, Kirby being in the top six, um, you know, being number six is awesome. Like, I mean, who would have thought? Um, that game is fantastic. It's, yeah, probably like my one or two favorite game of the year. It's definitely top two. Um, well, I think at this 10. point, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely gonna be my, it's most likely gonna be my top two. I don't want to say definitely, but uh, looking at my release schedule my calendar for the rest of the year for games i want to play um but it's right now it's a strong contender for it's a game of the year contender and i would be shipped if that thing falls on my top 10 uh this what a incredible year this would be um but yeah i mean i don't know it's kind of a weird month it's like sometimes he's like it's always exciting when you have a bunch of new games come out yeah. but it's always like i always find it like i always like read these and like find it fascinating when it's like it's just like nothing it's just like okay, yeah, well, lost stagnation, but it's like it's always fun to see like what pops up. Like, yeah, they get the Skyrim or like Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl went from forty five to eighteen, like big shoot up month over month. So, but yeah, um, let's, let's jump into some other some other news this week. I, I just want to recommend um, this article real fast. Um, give me a second here. I want to. I'm pulled up real fast. Sorry about that. I meant to click on this before we start. So this is from GameIndustry.biz. Um, Christopher Dring, I believe I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, he wrote this really, a really good article. It's, it's basically, it's called What Has Happened to All the Video Games? Um, and I don't want to read the whole thing. It's just a really good read. I highly recommend it. I read it. Uh, he just put it out um, last week. But it's basically... Um, here's kind of like the opening part of it. As the industry braces itself for a quiet 2022... And with more major games getting delayed, we asked developers about the challenges they are facing. Um, so basically, a lot of this is about like kind of thing we've been saying. We're like the beginning of the year was amazing. We were like all la- like end of last year, 2022. We're like this is gonna be one of the best years of gaming ever. And then we were talking about like oh man, like the first four months of the year was awesome. And then we're like looking at, it, and then all of a sudden, slowly the games were getting delayed. And like definitely like yeah, there's still some big games coming out. Like it's not like he means like. Uh, you know, we talked about like a quiet 2022. Like, yeah, like there's still some big games coming out, but like, like why are all these games getting delayed? It's like kind of talking about like 
you know, people are like, I see some people like on, you know, Twitter or something. I'm like, I was kind of, I made them sick of reading some of the comments. People talking about this, this is a great year. What are you talking about? I was like, oh no, it's still a great year, but like, it's still been a very good year. But like, these top tier games that we're expecting not happening now, it's like, kind of talking about a lot about how like, this is the year we're really seeing the effects of COVID as far on the gaming side of things. Uh, where it's like, a lot of the, like, yeah, like a lot of these games that we played this year, we probably would have played in 2020, 2021, you know, and now they're getting and some of these games that we're playing next year. We would have got, we probably would have played them like this year, or last year, you know, it's like, and like, yeah, there's kind of, there's a little bit of a gap. Like there's like, so there's, we, we know like yeah, Call of Duty is happening. God of War looks like it's happening. Um, there's a, uh, there's still a ton of big games coming out. Uh, ton of, ton of games coming out, but like the big, big hitters, are maybe not going to come out, you know? Um, and I thought it was just a really fascinating read. It's just kind of like, kind of you know, like, I thought like maybe like last year, you would have seen like last year it wasn't a great year, but it was still like a very good year. We didn't have like a ton of big hitters, but we had uh, a good quality of like solid eight games and maybe a couple of nines, but like we really thought this year would be like the greatest year of all time. It doesn't look like it's going to be that case. And we're looking at like next year, like, oh man, 2023 looks like, like the greatest year of all time. But it's like, how many of those games are going to get for 2024? Um, and it's like, yeah, like we're now, we're starting to see like, kind of like we're seeing right now, with like um, shortages on everything short. Like we're seeing that like short, like shortages, like the prices of everything going up, whether it's gas, whether it's the gro- grocery store. Like, I mean, we're all feeling it. Everybody, it's not just the America thing. It's a it's a worldwide thing. And this isn't me trying to defend Biden in any sort of way. This is just facts that like we're really like as far as like um what's the word I'm looking for here uh the cost of everything going up and the effects of like so so many people losing their jobs and the like industries changing the way things are done. Um, you know, other countries are getting hit in certain ways. Russia attacking Ukraine, all of a sudden we're losing a bunch of oil from them and goods from them and we're closing down shops and over there and the ruble is now worth is, is worth nothing, uh, which is the Russian currency. Um, it's like, it's kind of that same idea where it's like now in 2022, we're really seeing the effects. I mean, obviously we saw the effects 2020, like with COVID, like people dying and people getting sick, shut it down and all that. But I mean, like from a, financial side we're seeing those effects now two years later from that and we're seeing that now in gaming two years later from that right i said it was a very good i thought it was a very good read a very good article and i, I really think people go in there with open mind read it don't don't be shitty um but uh i've seen a lot of people being shitty I, it kind of bothered me a little bit about that but um i really recommend that like it's gameindustry.biz just look it up uh let me pull it up again sorry uh what has sorry i'm at the i closed out of it too early um, gameindustry.biz, look up what has happened to all the video games. Um, and I recommend it. It's a, it's a, it's a longer read, but it's really good. Um, other, other news here, Skate 4 might get a reveal next month. Games. Hmm. Makes sense. I've been hearing a little bit of the rumors and that as well. And it seems like that, uh, it's starting to line up to where we may potentially see a skate for reveal. They've retitled it as skate from what it sounds like and that yeah, it's so going to be some form of reveal next month in terms of how far the development's going forth on it. Still no word on like how many number of skaters are inside of it. There's still no word as regard to an actual release date. I don't think we're going to get a release date if it does get revealed. 
next month. But uh, we've seen some yeah. of the alpha footage around like the past a couple months. Yeah, that and leaked stuff. a couple months ago. That yeah. leaked and stuff. It seemed like it looked really good. good. Yeah, there were some aspects of it that definitely seemed like it was yeah. fairly decent. You know, I mean, hell, being a big skate fan myself, you know, it's like all I care about is the game being playable, the game being fun, being able to trick off a certain curves and stuff and grinding down things that uh, I'm not supposed to, but at the same time, if I get my fucking kickflip or something high enough, I can do it. I mean, that's all I ask for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like some of the, the rumors and the leaks coming out is like the people playtesting the game have been raving about the game. Good. So, which is obviously the most important part of the gameplay of it. But like, it seems like, and like we talked about, like they, they nailed it with like, Pro Pro Skater One and Two remake sounds like they're nailing this one, which is awesome because it's a brand new. Like they literally had to build like a brand new team to make this thing. So what's kind of hilarious about it is like I replayed both. I replayed two of the uh, skate games over the past couple of years. The third one and also the first one. Gameplay fundamentally great games and stuff. Structure wise, the first one does kind of like have a little bit of bloat in regards. Oh, okay, you have to have so many type of sponsors and so many types of deals of specific parts of your board and stuff in order to actually advance forward towards the next story or do shoots for a magazine or this or that. You know, just the kind of the stereotypical. Hey, there's a bunch of open world stuff. You know, you got to fill out this marker here, this marker there. Whereas opposed to the third one, you're like doing a little bit of team team action and stuff. But uh, if this game that's remastered and stuff, if it gets to a candle of what those two games were and stuff like that, that's going to be a big success for EA. I mean, I fully yeah. believe so, unless they go the route of live service. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of it's it's really weird through they're announcing it next month. I, I imagine if they do, there's going to be like maybe not a a date, but maybe like a a timetable. Like maybe maybe it's simply a 2023. Maybe we get like a season. Like it's right. a it's a summer twenty twenty three game or something maybe but I don't know uh, but last up here Gables something I'm really excited about uh, Plague Tale Requiem uh, got a release date they they announced at the Xbox Showcase it was coming in October yeah uh, and then Focus um, I don't remember the name of the co- Focus something is the name of the company the publisher for this game um, and Osobo is the one uh, direct uh, developing the game. Um, that game's going to Game Pass, but they did like a 12 minute long, uh, like gameplay, uh, for that. It looks amazing. Kind of focused a lot more, like a lot, of, a lot of big complaints was like, um, not a lot of action in the game. It's a lot of like walking and puzzle solving. And it's, it's definitely like a really good, like, it's, it's like, a, I always use that example of like, man, you like, there's a lot of really good here. Like, you know, like, like, um, oh, I forgot the name of the goddamn game. What's the game? Watchdog. Um, I was I kept on saying Overwatch. I have Overwatch on the mind. Uh, Watchdog, though, is what I'm talking about. We're like Watchdog one, amazing game. There's a lot of cool things here. Not an amazing game, but it's a really good game. It's a really good seven, seven point five out of ten. Um, I you just got to build upon it, and it's kind of the same idea here. We're like, oh man, this is a really good game. I love the storyline. I love kind of the idea of this, you know, uh, taking place during the Spanish Inquisition, and like these rats over here, and then you get this fucking kid that can Hugo that can control rats apparently. Um, my spoiler for that one. Uh, but yeah, it's coming out October 18th. Show some gameplay. Should kind of showed like the big issue was like, there's just not a lot of like action in the game, all like combat. And then they kind of showed off some of the combat. It looks really good. I can't wait for this game. October 18th. And it's coming to game pass. Fuck. Yeah. I would have bought this game day one. And I don't have to, I just get it with my game pass subscription. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, October 18th. I am pumped for that one. Um, 
I don't Gables. I don't think you have you did you ever play the first Plague Tale? No, I never played the first one. You coward. <laughs> uh, that's all I gotta say about that. Uh, but Gables, I have not played anything this week. I have not had time to do anything really, as far as that goes. Um, but I, it's playing more Final Fantasy VII Remake. Other than that, that's I'm like I think I'm like chapter nine or ten now. It's been I haven't played it since Sunday, so I can't remember exactly. But I'm like eleven or twelve hours in on that replay. Still good. So amazing. But Gables, tell me what you've been playing, buddy. Okay, so first up, first up, I decided to play through the rest of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I went through and got that little, I got the little thing for Game Pass and stuff. So I went through and I was, started it up around, I think it was either last Sunday or Monday and stuff, because I wanted to fire it up, see how I would like it. And after four or five levels in regards to that and stuff. I was hooked on it because there is so much attention to detail in regards to what Datamu and stuff and like tribute games collaborated to put inside this homage to a 1980s classic inside of Teenage Mutant Ninja, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff. There's so much references for the source material for the comic. Also in terms of the, TV show from back then and the the mid to late 80s going onwards up until like uh, the mid 90s and stuff like that. But it was awesome. I mean, granted, is that the gameplay was solid, absolutely solid. It's a standard beat 'em up type affair, but the way the beat 'em up gameplay feels, it's really smooth. Like it's super precise. Like you can actually go through and do a couple different types of combos. I think there's like six different type of combos per per uh, character in that regards. And a lot of them are streamlined between the different number of characters you got. There are seven total characters in the entire game. You obviously get to play as the four turtles, you know, Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello. But you also get to play as their master, Splinter, and also the reporter, April O'Neil. And a little minor spoilers and stuff, you do also get to play as Casey Jones, which Casey Jones, that's a fun character, and it's also a fun person to play as and stuff as uh, he is unlockable after you beat the main game kind of a little bit of a bummer but i do like the idea that you they have to have you go through and play through the entire game before you unlock a different character and stuff that's like an homage to like older games in general you know because there were times where beat-em-ups or even even other types of classic games would do that to where you put forth the effort you unlock a character and stuff like that and it's like hey let's play through the game a different time as this character you know but uh, getting back, you know, obviously the gameplay for Shredder's Revenge, hyper excellent. This mm-hmm. is ideal for a party. This is definitely ideal for like a co-op sort of like multiplayer stuff. But playing alone and stuff, you also get a lot out of it as well. And especially when it comes to also, especially when it comes to like uh, the whole balance of the difficulty in regards to what type of difficulties you set it on. There's three different types of difficulties. So you got chill, you got like, uh, you got the middle option and stuff, and then you have the hard option. And so I decided to do the middle tier and stuff, the whole normal setting and stuff, because I want that that authentic type of feel the way the uh, developers have intended it to. Going through each stage, each stage is like themed after a specific portion of uh, New York City in regards to the whole Turtles universe and stuff. You see classic villains from the entirety of that show and also through the comics. It's like you see Bebop and Rocksteady, you see Krang, you see Shredder, but you also see the most obscure 
like turtles enemies and stuff or even like obscure characters that you wouldn't think oh okay they okay uh they have this character and this character is, is this character inside here and all of a sudden you play a little bit further you see that character's like holy shit is like Every level I was playing to this game, there was more and more to get happy about. If it's not for the yeah. homages to Turtles in Time, the whole combos, the whole gameplay, the whole different types of stuff with that, it was simultaneously marking out in regards to seeing specific characters I have not seen in like 20 plus years you yeah. know, being front and center. You know, like uh, you have the different types of characters you unlock, like from April O'Neil's, like Channel Six, like her coworkers and stuff like that. So you see like Burn and stuff, and you see like Vernon and stuff, and Irma. Those those three characters, along with April O'Neil, comprise of the whole Channel Six sort of station and stuff. And each individual character right there has their own dedicated episodes or dedicated like you know dedicated like uh, stuff in the main series itself. And unless you actually Unless you actually were there as a kid, like watching that show or even even doing the same shit that I did, you know, I I needed I wanted to go forth and familiarize myself because I did watch a lot of Turtles as a kid, but I never had the option to go forth and watch the entirety of the series and of itself. And and a little side note here, I've been watching the entire I've been watching the fucking series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm already like almost halfway through season three. And let me tell you something, man. There is some fun shit, you know, just fun, just like, I yeah, just some campy shit, right? But yet, reminding myself what that show was, and then playing through this game and having all the nostalgia of recognizing characters, like, oh, it's like, dude, this, there's a fucking Rat King, dude. And it's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, it's like, it's like Dirtbag and Groundcheck. Okay, they have the <laughs> the um, what is it, Ak- Akbar and Razor? From oh, oh yes, Team yes. NT two for the movie, yes, who were like movie. created for the movie. They have them pop up as one of like the oh, dude. like one of the final one of the uh, bosses. Oh, dude, and just seeing the references from like uh, like very obscure characters, like you wouldn't see into like maybe see like further down down like the last remaining ends of the seasons, like like Mike Metalhead and like Chrome Dome and like freaking even references to the Punk Frogs, dude. Like yeah, it Kevin Nash shows up. Kevin Nash is super shredder. <laughs> Dude, the fucking super shredder. It let me just say this right now, man. It's like see the obscure enemies like that alongside guys like like with Wingnut and like fucking all this other stuff. It it threw me back to a time where it's like, holy shit, man, I haven't seen these characters in years. But the way they're portrayed inside the game in terms of their boss battles, in terms of like motivations, in terms of what Oh fuck, Leatherhead too, man. Leatherhead's one of my favorites. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was amazing seeing how much detail Tribute Games put into the not only the details in terms of the character creations, in terms of the gameplay, but you could tell how much influence they had in regards to how much of the source material, how much time they spent researching even the classic Turtles games and stuff. Because I watched that documentary or that little thing on YouTube and stuff to where they went in, they literally went through when they created this game, went through back to those classic turtle games and basically kind of sped themselves through the sorts materials, watched the TV show, did this and that. And they collaborated everything to where this feels like pound for pound, the best turtles beat em up game in regards mm. to what has come before it. It's better than turtles in time. I feel like I could say that confidently because even though yeah. I've, even though I've played my fair share of turtles in time, 
I gotta say, you know, it's like they nail all the like niches in regards to what they they fill each they fill most of the stages with a lot of secrets in regards to collectibles, also in terms of different characters, obscure characters like say like with the Channel Six people, and also with like uh, the Punk Frogs and the Neutrinos and like all these other stuff. And on top of that, you know, it's like the music for this fucking game is incredible. Oh my god! What's uh, hilarious? Yeah. What's hilarious about it, man? It's like the opening theme is awesome, right? When I beat yeah. the game and I looked at the end credits and I saw the people that were going through and do it, one of the tracks, there's a collaboration with someone and Ghostface Killer, the rapper yeah. from the Wu Tang Clan. I'm like, what which the plays fuck? during the the final boss fight. One of the hypest moments in, in gaming this year by far. This is I didn't realize that was Ghostface Killer until after I fucking saw oh, the credits no. for this. Yeah, the whole as soon as it popped boss? in, I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, this is yeah. awesome. That took that boss battle to another level, man. It's like that final boss battle. Yeah, and I'm gonna spoil this, obviously. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it so those listeners you want to skip ahead like about a minute or two. Okay, now I'm good. Super Shredder, dude. Oh. Fucking Super Shredder. On so top. awesome. It's it's crazy enough where you face off against the fucking statue of tyranny that Krang yeah. controls over, right? And all of a sudden, you have to fucking face Shredder again. And he just comes and he introduces himself, right? He has a fucking mutagen thing, like, in his hand. He crushes the damn thing. Like, he just tosses in front of him. And all of a sudden, he's, like, transforms into, like... Ninja Turtles 2 movie Super Shredder and stuff. He's fucking morphed himself into Kevin Ooh. Nash. Yeah. <laughs> and like I uh, thought the that final boss fight was kind of lame though. I thought I didn't like that. I'm like, why is this Ghostbusters 2 all of a sudden? Oh man. I'll tell you what, man. It's like They're controlling with the NES advantage. Oh my god, dude. Let me just say this though. For the final bosses and stuff of that game, I thought it was really fitting because it kind of structuralizes what some of the end bosses from those previous games. But I like it to where it was basically a simple type of like patterns with both the the start of the stage 16 and stuff with that boss and then morph itself into the final one in regards to that last battle and stuff. I loved how that thing was. But I got to admit, though, going through those going through all those stages, I played through the entirety as Leonardo. I played through before recording the first three stages is Casey Jones and mm. Jesus Christ, dude. It's like, I'm still getting, I'm still getting into like recognizing specific parts, specific details. Like inside stage one, if you, if you like look hard enough and stuff, you will see like the foot ninjas they'll go through. And like, you see one at a, like a computer desk and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like answering the phone, writing down shit. notes and stuff like that. And then you go to the next couple panels and you see them like typing on a keyboard or something like that yeah and the one foot ninja just like typing on the fucking desk <laughs> yeah i love that just like the little things like that right like they're like filling in the jobs that they're like destroying basically like because of what they're doing <laughs> i know right it's it's that type of campy humor that i found most enjoyable with that stuff let's see when it came to the game's difficulty from, like, the uh, normal settings and stuff, I didn't have too much issue with it. I mean, yeah, there are no. still some bit of, like, bullshit combos that do happen on occasion, but that was more or less a user error, like, on my account, because my main instinct is to go through, like I did as a kid, and start just mashing buttons and stuff like that yeah. and just do all that other shit. But 
there would be times that I would be facing an enemy and stuff where I would be beating like beating them and stuff, and then I press the B button to go forth and counter back. I forget to to get, take my hand off the control stick, and I go the exact opposite direction and stuff. Like, God damn it! <laughs> and I get hit and stuff. I still haven't hit that 250 combo type of thing. I've oh, yeah. got I got a little no over idea. 150, and that's about it. I think yeah, the you highest gotta do it I got the... it was like 183. Roughly. I got like over a hundred on the first stage, my first time playing it, mm-hmm. and that was the highest I did in my my initial playthrough. Yeah, I, I would, never got anywhere near that. That's actually surprising because so it's like you could probably pop it on if you if you wanted if you wanted to do it, you could probably pop it on easy. That's what I'm just guessing. pop in the first mission. Like yeah, I don't that that that, that achievement's pretty fucking nuts. But I'll tell you what, man, this beat 'em up, fairly chunky, man. Sixteen chapters with that stuff. It definitely felt a little bit longer than, say, Streets of Rage 4 back a couple of years ago. Really? Okay. Because I, 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 I thought Streets of Rage 4 took me a lot longer. I, I guess the difference, though, is I, I played those, I played Streets of Rage 4 over, like, a week. Yeah. So it's harder to say. But, like, this one, like I said, I, last week, I beat that game in one sitting, and it took me well maybe two hours. The reason why I felt like that uh, this game felt, like, a little bit longer than, say, like, with Streets of Rage 4 and stuff is because I didn't go back to certain stages of Streets of Rage 4 and play them over and over just to try to go for yeah, certain either. stages or something like that. Whereas inside Shredder's Revenge and stuff, I literally wanted to go back and play through some of those stages, not just for okay. collectible purpose, purposes and stuff, but because how much enjoyment I was getting out of certain like situations and certain boss fights. I mean, the boss fight with the Rat King, that was fun. The whole Pied Piper with the fucking rats and stuff with them that's going in waves or yeah, the whole like... Uh, Oh, God, the whole boss battle and stuff where you get to face against, like, Wingnut and stuff and the fucking air and shit and, like, that music going along and then those portions and stuff to where you're riding on the freaking, uh, that little fucking motorized skateboard across, like, the bridge and this and that, you know? There was some epic moment after moment after moment, and it kept escalating and stuff, and it felt like when you got towards that end portion of the, the campaign of this story mode that it felt incredible, dude. It felt like, yeah, it felt like it has done that uh, some of their beat-em-ups have not gotten to like in a hell of a long time or basically i got the same kind of feel in regards to finish this game like i did when i finished streets of rage 4 to where it was awesome it was awesome because the core of the experience the total package of it you know great gameplay fantastic music character designs awesome a little bit you know a little bit of campy stuff here and there and stuff but yet Everything alongside of my nostalgia factor for the franchise and also in terms of, like, how everything else all went together. Performance-wise, performance-wise, the only issues I came up with was when I booted up the game. It, the, the whole startup thing was kind of a little bit, like, took a little bit while. But at the same time, I'm running it on an Xbox One. I don't have, I don't have it, like, on the current systems or anything else. I don't have it on Switch or on PS5 or whatever, but... This is the first time in a long time where I feel like I've played through the game and I want to fucking buy it on another platform, too. Mm. <laughs> I spent $15 because I wanted to fucking play this game, right? And I played through this game, and now I want to fucking buy it on another platform to play through that game <laughs> again. And it just feels so crazy to me just to say that. But, yeah, most definitely this game is in my top ten for this year. But uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily, easily. Now, we're going from that and then going next to a craving I had during the middle of this week to where I've been I've been honed in on the rumors for the Pokemon, like, Scarlet and Violet shit. And so I decided, you know what, I'm feeling like I want to play some Pokemon. So I 
took out my 3DS, started playing, like, uh, Pokemon Red. So I started off with Charmander, right? And uh, Charmander, that's the first Pokemon I ever picked when I first started playing the game initially. And uh, I got to a point and stuff like that where I'm close to Cerulean Gym and stuff, and I just got this little crave. I was like, you know what? Well, how should I structure this playthrough? Should I do it with, like, one or two Pokemon, or should I just structure something else? Because to get a little bit of leeway beforehand and stuff, there's this one YouTuber by the name of JRose11. This dude, he does some fantastic playthroughs in regards to using one character, in regards to not just Gen 1, but also Gen 2 and, like, other generations and stuff. He basically creates his own challenges and goes, goes through this way. And one of the most popular things he does is, like, taking a Pokemon inside of, like, the uh, Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow and stuff and saying, okay... Can you beat this game with only such and such? Or, like, say, like, a Poliwag or a Magikarp or, hell, an Abra, you know, just stuff like that. And so I started thinking about it. It's like, I don't, I don't really want to go that route because I had tried it a few years prior with uh, Pokemon Gold with Chikorita. And uh, even though that was one of my most rewarding playthroughs I've ever done with that game... It was still hard as hell, and it, it basically took me having to do fucking bullshit at level 100 against Red, and then using the correlation of fucking double team, and then using one move that's not even, that's not even like, uh, I, man, I've even forgotten, like, some of the movesets I, I use for that run-through, because all I remember is I had to use double team in order to get the evasion to get past that fucking level 80 Pikachu, but, hmm. uh, no, for this playthrough, I wanted to aim towards a party... With consisting mostly of Pokemon I've never played through the game with before in that version. And so, the first Pokemon that popped into my head, you know what? I've never played through it with an Ekans. So, I fucking got an Ekans, right? And uh, I evolved into Arbok. And knowing what I do now in regards to the whole exploits and the whole everything else when it starts to Generation 1, I have a move set to where I have the move Wrap. And the thing about it is, if you outspeed another Pokemon... While you have the move wrap, you can basically lock them into a perpetual damage thing until you whittle away their HP and stuff like that, and they just faint. So I have an Arbok here that's hyper speedy, that has like an attack set that has like wrap, like wrap. It has dig. Dig has been mostly a good like move in regards to not only just doing two turn stuff. I actually beat Koga doing that shit because it's like I used to move dig on like turn one and it's fucking wheezing self-destructed while I was underground. And so I was like, Oh, Hey, Hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, on top of that, it might, the move set for that is like, I have rap, I have glare, I have dig, you know, glare obviously for paralysis portion and stuff. And the last one's mega drain, you know, mega drain sustain and this and that. But, uh, I'm about 17 and a half hours in, I'm right at the self company and stuff. My normal run throughs this game are like, Sometimes 10 hours, depending upon stuff, but it's a little bit longer. But the team I have right now, I have Charizard, I have Arbok. I decided to go with a Marowak. I caught a Cubone inside of, like, the, that whole, like, uh, section in Lavender Town, right? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I want a, I want a Marowak. So I evolved it. Its moveset is fucking terrible when you get it. Marowak, it's like... Cubone and Marowak, they don't learn a lot of good moves leveling up, so it's like, okay, what should I get? Okay, Earthquake, um, uh, Submission, Double Edge, you know, just some strong-ass attacks to do that way. Caught a Doduo, which I evolved into Dodrio, that three-headed fucking bird that somehow knows fly, even though it has no wings. 
<laughs> so yeah, fly, obviously fly drill pack and stuff like that. But uh, I have a Polyrath. Fucking Polyrath is a fucking fun Pokemon to use, dude. But the thing about Doduo and fucking Polyrath, like no, but Dodrio and Polyrath, I had to. I had to really work with those guys because I had to grind a bit, which is why I had to spend so much time with this playthrough and stuff. But uh, I waited to level 41 to evolve from Polyworld to Polyrath because there's a move, Amnesia. Amnesia increases the special stat in general by two stages. In Gen 1, it increases both special attack and special defense. So my special stat for Polyrath, not that great. Physical stuff, Okay, that's fine, you know. So I could use Body Slam, 85 power, has a like a one in three chance of paralyzing an opponent, and you use that. So yeah, doing all that other stuff, you know. And so far, so far, it's actually been a pretty interesting one. It's been a pretty interesting playthrough and stuff. And uh yeah, you know, that that's just where I'm at right now. I basically have to beat Sabrina, Blaine, Giovanni, and like uh go through and beat rival five and stuff like that. And like rival six, you no, know, those, those battles and stuff. And then go through the elite four champion. But uh, hopefully I can go forth and finish it up before like next Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I have been playing. <laughs> My old, very cool Gables. Go wait for gaming though. Go wait for gaming. Yeah, it is. Bench. Let me know if you want to do you want to do a, a playthrough for that together. I'm down for playing the game again with the online if you want to. Yeah, I don't mind playing through that game again, man. I mean that this is yeah. gonna be a perfect game come like extra life too, where we can potentially oh, do that too. Yeah. That's definitely a game we're gonna have to like get some people together for extra life. No shit. Explore online. The whole the whole thing about that, the dream is like getting a full party of like fucking six people and playing that game. Oh yeah. Whether it be Game Pass, whether it be PlayStation, whether it be whatever and stuff like that, we need to get a group no, together. Come extra no, life. No cables. All right. What's the best deal in gaming? <laughs> okay, we're gonna go with the whole Game Pass stuff. You're goddamn right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap it up though for us this week. I appreciate you guys uh, for listening, joining, liking us, all that fun jazz. If you like the podcast. Uh, please look down in the show notes there and you'll see links to wherever we are available at, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that fun jazz. Like, follow, subscribe on YouTube. If that's where you're watching us, click that like button over there by Gable's Junk Area. Really appreciate appreciates that. Uh, it makes him feel good and then therefore it makes me feel good. So that's great. Um, but yeah, I was your host, I was Tyler. I've been Colonel Gables. So until next time, everybody. Have yourself a good week in gaming, and thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk-Nerds Podcast. And hey, Gibbles. Yeah? Too sweet? Too sweet, man. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.